And welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman, also known as H. And I'm Ryan Quintel, also known as Q. The heat is on it. The heat is on. H, I am sitting in my apartment and it is 88 degrees. The heat is back <laughs> and stronger than ever, baby. Stronger than ever before. At any point in world history. I can't keep my head straight. It went from totally chill and waking up to these cool, crisp mornings to mm-hmm. something about this weekend. It just turned it up to 11. Yeah, I was outdoors for pretty much all the weekend and I got uh, I got some sun on my face, definitely. This is a video game podcast. Do you want to explain outdoors to our... <laughs> <laughs> it's where you spend most of your time in Skyrim. There's like a version of that in real life, too. Cool. That sounds neat. I got to check that out. (laughs) Let's get to pitching some video games. I'm not going to say that I'm entirely prepared today, but uh, let's see what comes of it. I'll start off this this round. I want to do like a management style game, not necessarily like a SimCity, but maybe something more of a like one of those office tycoons or even something like a football manager where it's mostly numbers and spreadsheets and stuff. I don't know. We can get creative with it. Mm-hmm. But it's all about like various couples dating. I don't know if you're playing a dating app or if you're just like a matchmaker who has all these friends that you're trying to hook up with each other. But uh, I, I, I don't know what the challenge is. I don't know what the gameplay looks like. But I'm interested in the idea of connecting people up romantically and managing all the stuff that goes with that. So let's... Let's start the clock and see where that takes us. H, I hate to do this to you as we round our, we're past episode 50 and we're heading into our one year. I have a very similar idea (laughs) this week. (laughs) And maybe, uh, maybe we can mash them together. Or we could just take them in very different directions. Okay, let's do that. (laughs) Okay, so uh, a sim game where I've been playing a lot of State of Decay this weekend, uh, State of Decay 2, and that game... Perfect. It sounds like you're really tracking with what I'm trying to put out there. (laughs) Yeah. That game has a lot of stuff in it where you can't get through and knock out one thing without seemingly two other things popping up in its stead, and it's... Uh, a little bit so far for me, maybe I'm just bad at the game, has been an exercise in just letting some things go or just trying not to worry about the the passage of, of certain events. And I wonder if you're managing just enough relationships simultaneously that there are going to be opportunities um, to sort of miss, if that makes any sense. It's like the you know, the not responding in a fight or the not saying the right thing mm-hmm. at a dinner or something like that. Saying kind of like making your absence from the chore of overlooking, well, I hate to use the term chore, but the act of overseeing this thing <laughs> feel like it has consequences to it. Now, that's interesting that you would say that uh, the, the steps that we would be taking are 
performing well in conversation at dinner or something. My original idea was that this was more of a, like we play the dating app that is hooking up random people together. But that's an interesting perspective as well. Like maybe this is like a leisure suit Larry type situation where you play one dude trying to manage like as many relationships as possible, trying to manage your schedule, trying not to let them know that the others exist and something. I don't know. That's a, (laughs) that's, that's a crazy situation there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, I was even thinking like in terms of, if you have like 20 couples going at the same time and you can switch between them at will the way that grand theft auto five does a good job of like (laughs) making sure that you end up in the middle of something. So you're kind of constantly trying to context switch and remember, Oh, okay. What is this couple's deal? Like, Oh, they're on vacation or is this their job? Like, you know, (laughs) enough stuff to keep you on your toes. And, and if it's all the same world, Different spots mean different things to different couples, right? You could be kind of like a supernatural entity, like a Cupid, kind of like a guiding force there that has to split your attention between dates in real time to, uh, you know, because otherwise it's a little bit more like The Sims if you're just controlling individual characters, which you can kind of already do. Um, But yeah, if you had to manage all of these dates at once and try to get them to really like each other or uh, set up your preferred couples, then maybe maybe that's a direction. Yeah. What else? What are some other interesting things to do with this? The the one guy managing multiple relationships is is always like, I don't know if it feels too skeevy nowadays to try and execute something <laughs> like that. I guess you could be a man or a woman and it's just about somebody who is very polyamorous themselves, but can only really find love with people who prefer monogamous relationships. That's the kind of thing is that, I mean, you can take it either in a really silly sitcom kind of way. I think it's more about presentation than anything, but I mean, there are a lot of people who choose to not just have a single partner and as long as everyone's kind of in the on the same page about that and that's okay or i mean when you're just dating when you're just like you know going out before you get exclusive with somebody then i don't think there's really any expectation that you're only going to be seeing the one person that you match up with on on tinder or whatever <laughs> yeah i almost want it to what if you have a a little bit more of a traditional dating sim where you're having conversations and managing that sort of stuff. But you add on a layer that feels like the dinner scene from Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Yeah, right. That's what I was thinking of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe it feels like a speed date or whatever, whatever fictional thing you have to do to walk this thing backwards. But I love the idea of, you know, you running into uh, some place and having to change makeup and hair and costume or whatever, and then running to a different table and, you know, trying to have this other conversation. And, and like the, the state is how many dates can someone successfully execute at the same time? Oh, that's right. I forgot about the whole genre of, uh, of dating sims. I guess that kind of... <laughs> Because it's not as original as I thought it was. (laughs) Okay, so let's say that whole genre exists. What are some new things we could do with it? Uh, Let's let's look at it from like a managing metrics type of perspective. I guess what makes that interesting? Like in SimCity, you have, you can build up these different parts of the city 
to all contribute to the uh, the taxation money that so you can build more city and you're kind of working towards like an a, an extrinsic goal in that case of uh, of kind of maximizing profits, minimizing loss or crime or uh, lack of education, whatever your specific goals are for the city. In relationships, it seems like the uh, the outcomes are so binary that I don't know how to make that interesting. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's maybe you go walk it back a level and put it into the planning phase, right? Maybe it's in multiple phases where the first phase is like doing a Tinder-esque left and right swipe on some fake little app interface Mm -hmm. and trying to hit it off and trying to take on a different tact. Like each person you talk to is going to want potentially a slightly different person, but your job is to get as many positives as you can. And then you schedule a bunch of them on the same night for (laughs) this date. And then maybe beforehand you, you almost have like a, uh, everybody playing, uh, playwright bingo at home a rhythm game esque uh, (laughs) track editor where you're like okay i'm gonna spend 15 minutes with this one and then i'm gonna hop over here and then this one's gonna get another 20 minutes and half and you gotta successfully Mm -hmm. plan out say a four-hour date or something like that and now it's your job to kind of hit those marks and spend the amount of time and then after the date is over different ones are like oh um you know, I wish we had spent a little bit more time doing this and that. And you're trying to like continuously refine mm, right, okay. the date with all their feedback at the end of each round. Trying to really min-max your love life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because there's got to be a way. You know, it'd be interesting as like a performative piece to do something similar to Reigns, Her Majesty, I think it's called, mm. where that's a that's a game where you play as a um, a series of kings and queens and you just answer questions that you get from the peasantry or from your your advisors or you'll find yourself in all these strange situations that a king or queen in uh, the old days in which monarchies were relevant are uh, are would find themselves in um and you do those by just swiping left and right to answer essentially yes or no and sometimes there's variations on that um but it's all very binary it's just done by swiping just like a dating app I wonder if if you could start the game like a dating app where you're swiping left and right to choose a character that you want to have a relationship with, and then you get into the conversation side of things, but it's a special dating app, so you still only swipe left and right to choose what you want to say, uh, to try to you know save people time and make things more efficient. It's the, the dating app of the 21st century. And then you get into the actual dating and you're still just swiping left and right to choose between restaurants and to choose what gifts to bring or what to say in a conversation. And essentially you just kind of go through your entire relationship with somebody just with the left and right swipes, feeling very, uh, I don't know, disconnected and removed. It's a little bit more performative. It's a little bit more of a, I don't know, not like something that you would sink 80 hours into, but rather just something that kind of makes a point about modern relationships maybe. <laughs> I like it. And if, if you frame it all against the the idea of like the long term relationship, right? It's like how long can you get the relationship to to go uh, by making the right decisions or the right choices? 
living a happy life and having a story all told to you through this uh, interesting swipe left and right binary storytelling method. Anyways, that's all the time we have there. I feel like we just kind of grazed across the top of the iceberg, but it looks like we're going to be able to return to this well very soon. <laughs> so we'll see where else we can take this. Yeah. In this case, I, uh, I want to call this one Swiper Elite. Just like the uh, other <laughs> series about shooting Hitler in the testicles. We deserve every name that we've ever given uh, every video game on this show. We deserve it. <laughs> it's the names we deserve. All right. Well, uh, why don't you, I don't mean to undercut uh, to steal your thunder, but uh, why don't you get into your own pitch for today? Okay. So my pitch for you today is a romantic comedy physics simulator. Um, so imagine in the vein of burnouts crash mode, uh, potentially, or, um, the very more contemporary, what was the golf game? Uh, it's dangerous golfing, I believe. Yeah. Dangerous golf where you play, um, sort of the invisible hand of fate and your job is you get different levels that are almost like puzzles and your job is to set up the right physics and objects to create the happy, meet, cute accident of two people oh, falling okay. in love. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, we, so we should have done this for our, our dang Valentine's, Valentine's Day yeah. episode. <laughs> I think instead of doing what well, I don't remember what we did, like monster trucks or something. <laughs> yeah. Go back and listen to this episode next Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> That's right. It makes the perfect gift for the one you love. <laughs> There's a podcast I downloaded for you. <laughs> All right, uh, we're starting the clock there. So, um, yeah, this is another interesting perspective. It's kind of similar to that Cupid kind of thing. I like that you're a little bit more detached and removed from this, but you play this kind of uh, serendipitous fate monster drawing people together. I like the idea. It seems like there's the cliche in romantic comedies is that one person trips and drops their books and the other person helps them pick it up or whatever. But I love and I miss burnout's crash mode where you're kind of like, okay, you're able to play a scene out once um, and kind of throw yourself in there. See what happens in this case. You're hurling a car usually into uh, explosive barrels. But the idea of seeing what happens if you knock over a chair or you uh, make a waiter slip or something and seeing maybe how many people you can even match up. I like the idea of like yeah, right. 20 couples. Like combos. Of, <laughs> right. <laughs> 20 people fell in love. <laughs> Maximum combo. Yeah. You're, you're going around this world almost like a hitman as well, where you can set up these environmental traps, things to fall on people or, uh, but I like that it's entirely non deadly and just leads to them falling for whoever's around them. Yeah, yeah, like anybody who happens to cross paths or or clink heads uh, ends up uh, falling in love by Cupid's arrow. How would each level be different from one another? Well, that's what I, I think that is maybe the most fun part about this, where you can set up levels now that have things like you know, you go to the Italian restaurant and the school cafeteria and you do kind of every vignette uh, from famous romantic comedies where people are falling for each other. And of course, each of those things is going to have a different number of people, a different set of events that's happening. Maybe it's you have to 
take part in a whole timeline of events, right? Maybe there's a number of levels at the cafeteria that um, all represent different periods of time that people are there throughout in a day or, or potentially a week. So they're all there at different points in time? Yeah, well, I'm thinking you could do that for individual levels, or you could do something where you have sort of one scene continuously played out and it's just about min-maxing. But I think you'd have to build you'd have to build so many levels for this to be kind of the puzzle okay, game yeah. that I imagine in my head that you might want to do like ten different variations on the or, you know, three or four variations on the Italian restaurant or the, you know, whatever. It's fun to find the combos. It's fun to kind of make a Rube Goldberg machine that really works. Since people are mobile, I guess you would need predictable paths to put people in certain places at certain times. Kind of like, again, like Hitman, how you can know somebody's going to just be walking around the building on the same route as many times as you need them to, to catch them right where you want them to be. Yeah, but also there's uh, there's an aspect of, in uh, Dangerous Golf and in Burnout um, Paradise especially, uh, with its Showtime mode, I think it is, uh, previous burnouts as well with the crash mode is that there's a level of improvisation that you have to do as well. You have to really think on your feet that even the best laid plans, uh, you still have to kind of adjust after touch, get things to be just how you want them to be in the moment. Because, you know, once mm. you, once you start it off, there's no telling how things are actually going to go down. A little bit like you would do in a burnout when you knock something into somebody else, you're potentially creating a whole different series of events that would unfold. And maybe it's about, you know, that whole thing again, returning to the idea of this is not a, as opposed to the burnout style, which is like, do it, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. And it's a very short period of time that's transpiring. Maybe you do longer periods of time and you see, just how many couples that you can kind of nudge over the course of an entire evening. It would be fun to do this in different settings as well. And so you have different puzzle pieces to play with and fun little interactions to find, just like those old point and click adventures where you'd be clicking on different things in the environment just to kind of find out what they do. And then maybe at the end of the night, once you have everything all figured out, you can kind of retry until you get the perfect Groundhog Day-like run. Yeah, and then you could also find yourself into potentially happy accidents where you knock someone into the piano guy and then it turns out that person can play piano, right? So it's not just like how many people you can traditionally pair up. It's like, who can you nudge to do a potentially unexpected thing <laughs> that would gain garner them like the attention of maybe one of the staff even? Yeah. Interesting. Or I guess if you set somebody up to play piano, that makes it a more romantic environment all around. So all these things play off of each other. And again, like creating combos, you could kind of open up opportunities for a romance that weren't there before. Yeah. Imagine doing something wrong in like the high school cafeteria and initiating a food fight. And then <laughs> <laughs> suddenly now, like you're in a state of trying to navigate that environment. And how are you going to, you know, get so-and-so to fling potatoes at so-and-so that, so that they meet in this crowded room? In terms of being able to do combos, how do we think that we could make something like that happen? I guess we haven't really talked about or nailed down what we think the actual interaction is. Like, are we just hurling stones at these things? Are they objects per level? Or is there more of a cohesive 
uh, control that we have over some of these characters. Can we like, mm, like, right. um, what is that game? Is it everything where you can kind of, yeah, yeah, uh, control it? Maybe you can like take control of the piano, or you can take control of the lamp, and then get different sorts of fun interactions that do things, as opposed to kind of hurling something into a world haphazardly. Here's an interesting idea. There's a game that was originally given out for free, not for free, but as a pre-order bonus for Hitman Absolution called Hitman Sniper Mission, where you're kind of uh, posted up on a rooftop overseeing this other rooftop party. And the only way you can interact with the party is through the scope of your sniper rifle. So maybe you have a similar situation. This is a Cupid sniper mission, just kind of like a, kind of like we talked about in the last pun, uh, the last game's title, you can only interact with the objects around the room by shooting them with your love arrows. But those also like cause physical uh, interactions to happen. So kind of like in the Hitman sniper mission, you can shoot the, the pool balls on a billiard table, which causes one of the players to think that the other one is cheating and then they get into a fight. And, you know, there's just all these little interactions that you can have just by shooting things. Um, and part of the fun of that game is just discovering all the things that you can do to disrupt the scene. There is a movie that I just got finished watching um, with Matthew Broderick and Meg Ryan. When it, This is what kicked me down this whole route. Um, and the movie is horribly titled Addicted to Love. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, have you seen this movie? No. It is a very strange film that... Um, I don't know if it holds up, but it certainly reads more like a uh, a guy's girlfriend leaves him and he ends up stalking her and he finds out that uh, the boyfriend is also being stalked by his ex-girlfriend and then the ex-boyfriend of the ex-girlfriend fall in love. <laughs> um, huh. But he is a astronomer and she is a photographer. So they end up wiring up the other couple's apartment with like... Uh, a camera obscura and audio equipment uh, so that they can spy on them the whole time. And I just thought it was so strange and interesting to maybe have this layer of like you're devising traps or devices to somehow like create these these environments because there's many sort of pranks that they try and pull to get each other's respective significant others back that end up backfiring in many ways and, and bring the other couple closer together. Okay. Interesting. Spoiler alert for the 1997 addicted to love. Oh, that, uh, that a couple ends up getting together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's interesting that, uh, but it still doesn't really answer the question of like, what is our control method? As if you're setting up these devices to, to watch and listen, then that makes me think of being even further removed from the scene physically. Yeah. Uh, like almost like you're in a control room somewhere. Yeah, but there there could be some version of the Hitman-esque feeling where you're um, setting pest loose in the restaurant and something that traditionally oh, okay. would be seen as like a crazy thing um, somehow ends up like bringing two people together or, um, and, you know, at the close of the restaurant that night, the owner, uh, finds solace with one of their employees and they end up like falling in like, you know, something strange like that. Okay. Well, we're out of time. We're, uh, 
I guess we'll we'll circle back to these kinds of ideas next Valentine's Day. We'll come more prepared. <laughs> so, what do you want to call this one? Why don't we call it uh, Crush Mode instead of Crash <laughs> Mode? Okay, that's that's clever. That is very good. <laughs> Moving on now to a pitch from the community. This comes from Thomas Eif. Greetings, HQ. Hope you are both well and ready for another pitch. We always are. Not always well. Always ready for another pitch. Most of the time well, though. Thank you. <laughs> Imagine a Battle Royale game. You don't have to. There are millions of the buggers. Only crossed with the classic card game Old Maid, a 51-deck game where you pair cards and avoid getting the lonely single entry. Here's the premise. 51 players drop into a battlefield, and only one can remain. Only this isn't your mama's battle royale. The players are split into two teams, with the goal of each match being to pair with a player from the other team. That's kind of appropriate for our theme today. Uh. <laughs> it's a very romantic episode. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Thomas says, In my mind, this is the form of a lovely hug that teleports the two players out of the game. A simple mathematical equation will conclude that one Billy no mates would remain. This player ends up with a slightly less pleasant fate. Players will use the environment and an unspecified set of gameplay mechanics to pursue this per this pairing and knock their teammates away from them. Obviously, there are some kinks to iron out here, but I like the idea of having an asynchronous team-based multiplayer game where you're fighting off your own teammates rather than the opposition. See where we can take this. I'll start the clock. Well, this is really cool, Tom, and I, I love the idea of taking tactical gear like things like heat vision or night mode and uh, night mode night vision and using it to maybe detect someone's uh potentially clothing or outfit that they're wearing or um their heartbeat or even a perfume of sorts I don't know if I fully understand this game yet. So <laughs> what are we what are we getting at here? So we have there's 51 players, is that right? Or are there 102? 51 players. Okay, um, 51 players and they each have a match except for one of them who doesn't have a match. Yes, so one person does not have although in that scenario, right? Like you you want to end up being the person you want to not just have that be predetermined, right? Yeah, that's the thing, is that if this was like a big game of musical chairs in some way, and maybe you're trying to find your way to like 50 bunkers all across, or uh, I guess maybe 25 bunkers that you have to share with one other person, uh, then, you know, I understand that. But if you're just trying to find the pairs that have been predetermined, then it doesn't feel like you're really doing anything other than right. just walking around until you find it's like the right almost person. like a game of memory you're just kind of like turning over options until you get the right one yeah um what if we make it so that <laughs> there is different incentives for you know this is a battle royale game uh of sorts there's different incentives for murdering someone than there is for uh deciding to hug them and you create the prisoner's dilemma that if somebody opens their arms for a hug um mm. killing them in that moment is even more valuable mm. okay so if you kill somebody that means that their pair is also out of the game now well, what, yeah, what I'm saying is that you're looking to both have 
elimination and pairing happening at the same time. So you can kind of get out of the game with a lovely open hug that someone else has to accept or <laughs> you can kill everybody. Um, I think it would be interesting to to be the the person who is the like first hugger, right? Who is going to be the first person that kind of exits the game with the loving embrace? This is uh, setting up a very troubling uh, philosophy here. It feels like you either receive love from other people or you go on a killing spree. This is something that people come across in the real world as well. And I don't know if I want to play into that. So what, what is a way to make this like both that risk reward and fun and fair? Like I'm, I'm in my head, I'm picturing that traditional third person shooter style. And it's going to be really hard if you take away combat to make this even feel like a game. It just feels like waiting to, unless you're told in some way who your pair is or you're described to them or some way, or, or maybe you're, you're able to talk with them for a moment in that weird lobby. And then there's only sort of proximity voice chat and you have to like hear their Mm -hmm. voice again and find them. Yeah. You see, that makes sense. I, I guess if there's only one pair, maybe you just have to kind of like join forces with anyone Mm-hmm. And again, like they could betray you to try to get the numbers down, but ultimately you want to be on the winning team. And so maybe scattered around this, this giant jungle Island are all of these like two person mechs kind of like in uh, Pacific rim. And you need just another person to jump in this thing with you so that they can control it and you can walk around and shoot down the people that you find. Uh, but you don't want to get somebody who's you know a real goober you know you want somebody who can really contribute to the uh, <laughs> to the victory so yeah you know you can choose to uh to chat with somebody for a little bit and maybe quiz them on some of i don't know uh this might create kind of a hostile environment but just for the sake of exploration um well how do yeah i think you're exploring an important thing here which is how do you make the pair feel like a valuable thing. Right. And I think that like the idea of a two person controlled uh, vehicle of sorts or some sort of apparatus is interesting, whether it's, you know, like a potato sack race, even where you sort of have this other person attached to you, although that's kind of more inconvenient. It's like, I guess I'm trying to figure out is the goal of the game to make sure that there's an even number of people at the end so that everyone has a mate or is the goal of the game to make sure everyone pairs up until eventually one person can't i don't think it really matters how many people there are to start with because if this is like a traditional battle royale and people do get knocked out of the game then that's going to throw off the even odd balance and if we're not pairing people up explicitly beforehand then you know as long as there's somebody else that you can find then you're going to be all right you know, one thing that PUBG doesn't really explore, and I, I'm not sure, I don't think Fortnite does either, is when you're in a duos group in PUBG, if your teammate goes down, you really have no mechanic of like forming a new duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of locking yourself in so that you, you know, you can't friendly fire or you're able to share chat with each other. Maybe it's that is the spin on this where you go and if you are missing your other half, you're able to kind of 
potentially convince someone to be your other half and oh, winning the game even the as person a, that killed you or that killed your partner even you can uh you can petition with them to be <laughs> part of their group now yes exactly and so like the the object there is winning the game as a duo is actually mm-hmm. more valuable than winning as a solo person potentially. Mm. So you're looking to if there's if there's one other person on the battlefield, you you're kind of making the decision of like, okay, do I want to be the winner or do I want to like in the end like hoist hands in the sky in like that dramatic 80s movie fashion with this other person and and declare victory for both of you. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I think we're really getting somewhere. <laughs> So you have the ability to pair up with people. I want the whatever kind of mechs or whatever it is that you find to be powerful, to make you highly incentivized to be in a pair instead of just being by yourself. But at the same time, I do like these upsets of just killing one member of a pair, uh, you know, maybe sniping them out from a distance or something like that. Um, because, you know, kind of changing up the the pair status, or maybe you find somebody that you want to partner with more than the person you're currently with. So you can uh, give them the old ejector seat or something like that. Right. There is the, there's always been that mechanic of, or not really mechanic, but the suggestion of sometimes you get paired with someone who sucks. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, okay, um, this guy can be dropped. Maybe you even do have friendly fire in that and you can just kind of drop your teammate uh <laughs> literally and uh-huh. um kind of pursue somebody else so that if someone comes across you as a as a single person there's that suspicion of like okay well did you off your partner and you're looking to be the sole victor here <laughs> or um are you like are you escaping a bad situation and therefore, like literally, it would end up being only the strongest people. It would be only be the people in pairs that survived their encounters. Ultimately, I do like this idea, even if it wasn't any kind of mech situation, even if it was just uh, just a regular battle royale. I mean, in Fortnite and, and uh, Battlegrounds, you have such an advantage if you have more people in your group than if you have fewer people. I think it would be interesting if you could form these alliances as you go, just based on the interactions that you have on the field. Maybe you could do something where you plant your own personal, you know, you can design your own flag, of course, finally, something I like in there. Design your own flag and then Uh plant that in the ground. And then if someone kind of comes up and approaches the flag, they can kind of accept the the pairing and therefore end up as like they'll have your flag on their back or whatever so you could plant down a flag in an area and then leave that area and then potentially once that person pairs up with you your location to them is revealed on the map so now you have this kind of like okay i'm gonna put this beacon out here that reveals where i am uh Mm -hmm. in the hopes that somebody who wants to pair with me is gonna find it uh, and of course, the, you know, the, the danger there being obvious. Yeah, it could be a trap. Anyways, that's all the time we have there. Thomas comes in with a name. He calls it Fatal Embrace. Uh, back <laughs> when it was a little bit more about hugging than it is now. Um, I'm going to also put forward the idea, Peers of War. <laughs> I love them both. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we colonize it like we do with so many things on the show? Whenever life gives you lemons, colonize it. (laughs) All right, so that's all the time we have for today's show. Uh, That was a community pitch from our lovely listeners that was sent into our website 
at uh, playwrightcast.com slash pitch. You can also email us playwrightcast at gmail.com or tweet us at playwrightcast. Yeah, and if you do follow us on Twitter, sometimes you will get what happened to you today, which is Ryan is going through a bunch of Steam keys, seeing what he has already redeemed and what he hasn't redeemed and giving out free games. So there has been, I dumped a bunch of free games out there on Twitter. If you're following Playwright, um, like I think Spencer uh, Saunders was the beneficiary of at least a couple of these. Um, so follow us on Twitter and you'll also be able to go over to our website and listen to Protodome's song, Hello World. It's off the album Blue Noise. It's our theme song. It starts literally every episode and uh, it's very good he does more good stuff go listen to it and to take us out of the show today i have a miniature pitch to give let's do a battle royale game but everyone is invisible this is playing by the rules of what is it screen cheat is that what that game is called where you can Uh. just look at each other's screens but you have a hundred of them on screen at once so i guess the person with the biggest tv wins (laughs) love it get that batman uh, dark knight feeling Yeah, see you next week. (laughs) Bye.